This is Gary. Before I lead you into this very special live episode of Watch Out for Fireballs on Pokemon Yellow, uh, we just had an election in the United States. Uh, a lot of people, uh, myself included, uh, on the network are pretty upset about it. And uh, it is not a teamsmanship thing. It's not a our team lost, their team won thing. It is because uh, this is a time uh, when... So to put it in other words, as people uh, and as a network, Cole and I and everybody at DuckFeed are uh, dedicated to fighting and resisting hate, racism, bigotry, homophobia, transphobia, any number of these these kind of general bigotry things in every way that we can. So uh, if it's a space we control if it's our Facebook page, if it's our Slack channel, if it's something we have a modicum of control over, it is safe for people uh, who are minorities um, or different sexual orientations, religions. Uh, that is safe for you. Uh, you. We will not tolerate harassment when we have control of it, and we will stick up for you. So uh, we want to say that, um, and that's more important than ever now. Um, so... Yeah, I, I mean, I think I can speak for a lot of people. I've been uh, pretty scared for about two weeks, feeling pretty awful about it. Uh, but the nice thing is that my blood is on fire and I am born to fucking fight. So uh, it's not gonna, like every episode is going to have like 20 minutes of the political hour with Gary and Cole. But we want to make you know, you know, make sure you know that we do not tolerate that bullshit. And uh, if that is a thing. Uh, you know, if that's a problem for you, um, we're not going anywhere. And, uh, yeah. So on to the episode. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you are watching Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a retro games podcast. Yes. And this week we are talking about Pokemon Yellow um, in specific. In general, the first generation of Pokemon. Um, AKA the bad one. <laughs> right. I mean, sorry. It is like, it's a rough one. Yeah. It's a it, rough uh... one. <laughs> but um, that is a, uh, a role-playing game developed by Game Freak and published by Nintendo for the Game Boy in uh, 1999, specifically the uh, the yellow version that we're talking about. Yes. And uh, we know uh, some people said they were not familiar with the show, just so you know what we do. Um, we are an old games book club, essentially. Every episode we choose a game, um, talk about it. It's kind of half let's play, half analysis. So we go through everything in the game. Um, we talk about what works and what doesn't. Um, the live episodes tend to be a little bit breezier. Um, so look forward to that. Uh, but that's what we are. If you go to duckfeed.tv, you can see the entire network of shows. Yes. Uh, but this is the one that is concerned with old games. Yes. And uh, uh, the definition of retro, for anybody who is curious, is very fluid and flexible. Yes. Um, 1999 doesn't seem like it was that long ago, but all of us are on an inexorable march to the grave. Yeah. Um, so it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So we, we are pretty fast and loose with that because it turns out there's no governing body. Yeah. Um, we, we thought there would be. We thought there like, oh, some, some guy in like a spacesuit's going to come and tell us what's retro. <laughs> it didn't happen. We, we could just call whatever we want retro. They're just words, guys. Um, so again, just for the recording, I said I was going to ask you guys this again. Uh, if anybody, um, so everybody who's here who has never, uh, seen the show or is just here checking it out, uh, say, uh, say hi, uh, three, two, one. And I'll say, so three, two, one, go, not three, two, go. Those that's, this I don't is, even have is, words for how these awful three, two, go so, is. So confusing. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> three, two, one. Oh, that's a lot of you. Uh, thank or, you for, or, or for just coming out. Very few of you who are quite loud. Yeah. Either, either or, <laughs> um, 
Uh, no, uh, no, we, we don't, don't have, use that. Yeah, yeah, we don't have any of those. So. Um, also, if everybody at the same time could uh, say their favorite Pokemon as well. Yeah. So, uh, three, two, one. Me nope, too. It's Snorlax. <laughs> so it's you, you guys. You guys had one shot of this, and you guys messed it up. It's wow. Snorlax. Okay, so, so that's the end. Yeah, that was, yeah. That was the test. Patreon.com for it. So. Yeah, so uh, we're going to get into it and talk about uh, Pokemon yeah. Yellow. As ridiculous as this sounds, uh, we are going to try and look at Pokemon with fresh eyes. So if we're describing a thing that everybody has taken for granted, um, mm-hmm. it's because this is a part of kind of like uh, you know our shared uh, heritage in terms of it. Feels, so it feels like they've always been around. This is a good use of the word heritage. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, was, I, I, I almost went to culture, and that's that no, seems a which, gamer uh, Yeah, it doesn't yeah. Really, either way, it's not good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So yeah, in this game, uh, you are a young kid, and you live in this world full of monsters. And yes. it's your goal uh, to capture them, train them, <laughs> fight them, and uh, kind of befriend them. Yeah. Um, it is. Uh, it varies the degree to which mechanics enforce that, or that is successful throughout the series. Yeah, it is mostly about the exploitation of these magical creatures. Um, and so uh, there are 151 Pokemon in Generation 1, mm-hmm. um, and uh, they add roughly 100 uh, per generation. kind of varies as it goes along. Right now, uh, you know, 20 years in, there are, what, upwards of 700 Pokemon? Yeah. Uh, soon to be upwards of 800. Yeah, there are a with, lot. With uh, Sun and Moon. Um, yeah. yeah. And it is, uh, it's getting really hard to uh, keep track of them. Yeah. Like, a, you know, the original 151 is a weakness. I can, I can name all of those. It just that's goes right. It's a bullet directly to my heart. Uh, but the uh, later ones, it's just like, I don't know what the name of this this particular like bug is. <laughs> yes, it is um, off-brand Pidgey. Yeah. Every game has an off-brand Pidgey. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to let Cole take this pronunciation since it's on a live episode. And my uh, pronunciation of names that are not yes. American is famously we, bad. We cannot drop a marker here. We could, yeah. but I'm too lazy <laughs> to. Um, so uh, the series was created by uh, uh, Satoshi Jajiri, I believe is how you pronounce that, uh, who is a game designer um, who has kind of this lifelong passion for collecting insects. Um, and that's where kind of the naturalist cataloging aspect of this series kind of came from, this idea of going out and uh, kind of being a completionist about kind of seeing and catching all of them. Yeah, and kind of a, like a fascination with the natural world and stuff, which yeah. is a very realistic, grounded aspect of the series, uh, which is in contrast to exactly how weird and bonkers the actual series is, <laughs> yep. which is a big reason that I, as a 36-year-old man, am still a fan of this series, is because it is so... So uh, absurd. Yes. It is It is amazing. Um, yeah. So what's even crazier about that? Generation 1 takes place in a region called Kanto, which I understand is a region in Japan. There are glimpses of the real world. You can go to a museum and see, like, the Space Shuttle Columbia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's canon. Yeah. So it, it's, it, it presumably takes place in some kind of post-apocalyptic future. And these are like finding the you know, Statue of Liberty on the beach. Like, yeah. That's the idea when you, when you find that. Um, yeah. But in this world, all the animals are monsters that have varied and ridiculous backstories, all of which are very dangerous, many of which can learn like, to bite you if you're lucky. And if you're very unlikely, uh, you know, use psychic powers to like scramble the you know, yeah. small bones in your ear to make it so you accidentally stab yourself whenever you try to like eat a sandwich. Um, it is. It, it would be a nightmare. Uh, you this is be one of the, that knife sandwich. Yeah, exactly. Well, well, sandwich chew, you know, deserves our respect as well. Uh, the so this is uh, one of the things. The implications of this. So in this world, um, everything revolves around Pokemon. It is. Uh, it is. It's really, really complete. Yep. Cities are built around gyms. Uh, these gyms are not so much places where they uh, um, improve Pokemon. Yeah, it's it's not for it's not for shredding up your uh, your lats as a match joke. It's more where cultists stand around in patterns. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, at least the way it's presented. A lot of little wall staring <laughs> going on there. Um, yeah. And the only measure of respect you can have in the society is related to uh, Pokemon as well. So you can either be uh, the world's preeminent expert. But that position is taken. Yes. So uh, the other thing you can do is collect badges uh, uh, from doing your, your little cute cute cockfights. And uh, that this demonstrates your mastery over Pokemon, and then people people like you then. Yes. And uh, eventually, um, in Gen 1 here, you end up becoming the Pokemon champion by defeating the presiding masters, the Elite Four, and your childhood best friend, who is a monster monster child. Yeah, um, he's, he's the worst. Yep. He's a problem child, in the uh, strict, <laughs> in the proper sense of the term. Um, in, the, in the John Ritter movie. Yes. Sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he is the worst. Um, yeah, and that's, uh, that's the, essentially the, the game. Um, the battles are turn-based. So uh, you either fight wild Pokemon or you fight other trainers. Yes. Um, so turn-based in the JRPG kind of Dragon Quest <laughs> tradition. Yep, and uh, you can carry up to six monsters. Each of these monsters can have up to four moves. So the composition of your team um, is uh, something you have a lot of control over, actually. 
Well, one of the things I was talking about uh, why being totally beyond this target demographic, I still like these games a lot, um, is that uh, you make a lot of choices in this game. Like, you have a lot of control over your team composition. Um, even games I very much love that are like Dragon Quest games, uh, early entries in that series, or, you know, Final Fantasy is up to four, you know, including four, where yep. uh, you don't make any choices. Like, you just you buy the best equipment whenever you get to a town. And that's the end of it. You learn spells automatically. Here you have an amazing amount of uh, kind of control over this because yeah. of types, uh, multiple types, move types, um, which types you want to have learned. So your party, if you consider it um, your character to kind of all six of your Pokemon to be kind of a character, it's a really complex living, breathing character in a way that reminds me of much more tactically deep games. So like your yeah. Final Fantasy Tactics and, yeah. and the like. Um, that comes from, as we, I mentioned, uh, types. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, and uh, types, it's really about being prepared. It's about having a very well-rounded, diversified uh, party. Each Pokemon can have up to two types. Um, and uh, these determine their strengths and weaknesses, uh, particularly against each other. This is um, the world's biggest and most complex game of rock, paper, scissors. Yeah, it's it, every every office tool is, is used. And these uh, these sometimes make sense and are intuitive. They get less intuitive as the series goes on. But even <laughs> initially, it doesn't make sense for Poison to be weak against Psychic. I can't think of what would be not weak against Psychic uh, in, in like intuitiveness. And they actually kind of follow that in Gen 1. Like It is uh, it, it is very, very overpowered. Yeah. Um, but in Gen 1, uh, they're not very well balanced. A lot of the types are kind of goofy, neglected, or overpowered. Yeah. Um, so same thing with move typing. Um, the thing, going back to Gen 1 and replaying it, that kind of surprised me, uh, I think half, fully half of the moves are normal type, which is really weird and, and bizarre and, and yeah. frustrating. So and normative. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're move normative. Um, <laughs> the, uh, so you can have like a, a cool, po you know, poison Pokemon, but there's like one poison move that does damage or something yeah. like that. Like, or it doesn't get a move that matches its type um, until much later on. So you're going to be dealing with these kind of specialized monsters that do have weaknesses um, that don't have the strengths that kind of go along with that, at least on the offensive side. Yep. Um, your Pokemon will learn moves automatically. Uh, they also get uh, evolve into things that are uglier. <laughs> uh, and stronger. So you make a, uh, there's a constant trade-off between whether you want to have an effective team or like a team of cute stuffed animals that like you could love and cuddle. Yeah. Um, with, with very few exceptions to things not turn into straight up abominations. Like anytime somebody is real into Squirtle, which like a couple people said Squirtle, I think Squirtle's good. Um, <laughs> Squirtle eventually grows guns like under his shell in like a, uh, like, is it a Cronenberg? Like they're firing teeth. Yeah. Is it, uh, or is it's, it just metal? Like it's, it's like a Tetsuo the Iron Man thing. Like yeah. he, he got like a metal splinter, and then just all of a sudden, yeah. Whatever it is, it's not cute. And, <laughs> and I, some, you know, they ain't that cute. And I, I don't want to. I'm not going to cuddle that bad boy. So comic that tops. is a, a good reason not to, uh, not to enjoy the the, the comic stylings of Squirtle <laughs> or his squad. Yeah. So. Squirtle squad goals. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, you can also teach uh, the, your, your Pokemon, uh, you know, friendship and love and how to uh, uh, body slam each other uh, with uh, TMs and HMs. And HMs are really, uh, so technical machines, hidden machines, these are ways to kind of like give your Pokemon moves. HMs are a thing that I understand might be going away in this upcoming one and good riddance. This is, um, I spent a lot of time in preparing for this, uh, either trying to conceive of a good reason why these would exist or like looking online for, you know, think pieces <laughs> like, you know, salon.com. <laughs> HMs are actually very, you know, very problematic. Like trying to find something that would defend this mechanic and I can't. Uh, the two things I can think of um, is one, um, it gates things. Uh, so, you know, you don't want you to be able to cross water. Uh, the game doesn't mm -hmm. want you to be able to cross water until a certain point. Yeah. You could do that with anything. And there's yeah. a boat. Uh, in the game. Like, we know people don't cross on Pokemons. They take the SS Annie. Um, the other thing is that uh, the idea of being like, oh, in this world, you are a partner with your Pokemon. Uh, the two of you team up to do everyday things. Um, so there would be, like, HMs that, like, help you, like, carry your laundry and stuff like that in this world. <laughs> but as a gameplay conceit, it's a nightmare. Uh, yeah. Because it's impossible not to resent um, having something that's very valuable. You only get four slots. You only get six Pokemon. You have 24 different verbs. And having five of them taken up is really significant yeah uh and some of them are useful in battle but most of them are not yeah and 
It sucks and I hate it. <laughs> I, I resent it. So there's a like a weird kind of meta about this about having an HM slave, which is just I like, like that word. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that feels you know that that's a, that feels inappropriate. And then also, uh, what a what a bummer if the idea behind these things is to make you like like your friends. Like these are these are my buddies. I hang out except for Rattata. Yeah, like <laughs> these guys are all my friends. Not this guy. <laughs> like that's so sad. I <laughs> like, stay in the sixth. They're lot, clearly Rattata. sentient. Like they have feelings. It's in the canon. I mean, like, it might be a dog, like like, like a service dog. Like, he just feel he's happy being useful, you know. That's pretty cute, yeah. actually. So I I, I, I retract my statement. Uh, yeah, but it, it, it bums me out. I, I want it to go away so badly. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of nice. Like it's neat. I dig gating and stuff, especially like oh, I'm going back to these old areas. The game's design just doesn't doesn't fit that for no. me uh, in, a, in in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to catch a wild Pokemon. Uh, you have to beat that Pokemon to within an inch of its life, paralyze it, then poison it, yeah. and then digitize <laughs> it in some kind of Eldritch Horror Ball. Yeah, <laughs> into a prison, into the mirror dimension from Superman. You know, uh, <laughs> the Phantom Zone. Yeah, Phantom the Phantom Zone, zone yeah. <laughs> they go in there. The uh, true story, uh, Snorlax is my favorite Pokemon, as I said. I just thought it'd be funny if that was the end of the... the <laughs> it's not, though. I'm going somewhere, but... Uh, since they introduced them, I always catch them in a luxury ball because is there any other Pokemon that you want to have like in like a luxury ball? Like it just seems nice. Like he's already a big boy. He's going to need some extra space and just him like <laughs> surrounded by like bean bags and pillows and kind of like Turkish <laughs> carpets and stuff. Like I really like the idea of that. Yep. A smaller Snorlax feeding him grapes. Yep. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you feed yeah, no, you just put them up in uh, Pokeball uh, Comfort Plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, other Pokemon you can only get by evolving, by getting them up to a certain level, as we said, making them into monstrosities. Um, uh, sometimes they have items uh, that you can uh, use on them, different stones. Um, and uh, some of them uh, you get by trading. Yeah, they only evolve when they trade, which is another mechanic that I find frustrating, even though I get it. Yeah. Uh, I think the idea is just to encourage you to play with other people. Um, there are a lot of mechanics for that. You know, you can't get all the Pokemon unless you trade with people. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I never play these games with people. So yeah. I will never own an Alakazam. <laughs> I love Gengar. Guys, I love Gengar. And I will never <laughs> have never a Gengar, Gengar. And it's like, it sucks. <laughs> Where's my parade? <laughs> Um, so, like, why why should you care about this? This is like super old game. Yes, um, you know this is kind of this multimedia cultural force. You know, like it came out as a game. It was in, it was imagined as a game, but like right away, it had an anime. It had a uh, had a card game that went along with it, um, and it's been around for like two decades now. If you look out on that floor, everything is Pokemon. It, yeah, it's Pokemon City. There are more Pokemon shirts than any other individual single thing. Every yeah. booth is full of Pokemon. Like, it's it's. It's really huge. Everybody um, else likes it, so you should like it too. Yes. No, yeah, that's the, <laughs> it's easy to take this for culturally crazy. relevant. Yeah. Is the uh, the I think, Col- and especially again because of Pokemon or Heritage Pokemon Go. Yeah, yeah, Jesus. Um. <laughs> um, but uh, um, but um, it's easy to take it for granted just because it is kind of the, like the like the the air almost. Yes. Um, but it is a charming, charming game. If you go to this with um, fresh eyes, like it is funny um, in a lot of ways. Um, there's so much personality. Um, just apparent, they they get so much mileage out of like three colors, uh, like thirty two pixels by thirty two pixels, and like a tiny little digitized sound effect mm-hmm. to like convey everything you need to know about these Pokemon's personalities. Like I can look at Snorlax and be like, oh, I got that guy. Yeah, yeah, I know that guy. <laughs> He's um, yeah, it is. It's really really cute, and the uh, it's that kind of plays into that first point where this is one of the rare things I feel like is a cultural touchstone that uh, is not like overrated. Like, I'm just kind of always happy when I see this. And it's like, oh, they did, they did a good job. Like, this is really, really cute. This feels like something that has always existed. Yeah. You know, in a, in a way that I really appreciate. Um, that charm, though, uh, comes with a... What part of it is... So it's not just for kids where they're just like, oh, Charmander's cute. I love him. <laughs> There's the, the dark side of it that a, appeals to post-irony adults like us. And the uh, so we're going to do a little game. I didn't prepare a rap for it, but uh, which Pokemon is darkest? And we'll let you guys decide which of these uh, is the most bone-chilling Pokemon description that yep. we have on offer here. Yep, these are all from the uh, the yellow version. Each version has different descriptions uh, for these monsters. And you can find all these on Bulbapedia uh, to get a complete picture of how multifacetedly horrifying they are. But let's go back and forth. So first we have Omastar, who's kind of like a like a helix monster like shell kind of thing. It says its shell was too big for it to move freely, so it became extinct. It was, yeah. it was laboring under its own protection. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it is like a Greek myth. <laughs> um Cabotops. Uh 
It slices. I'm sorry, its you said that the wrong. Kabu tops. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> it slices its prey with its sharp sickles and drinks the body fluids. So he's not just after blood. Like no, you have no, to no. imagine, he's like he's getting up on that lymph train too. Yeah. Um, that's very nonspecific with fluids. <laughs> <A> lymph train. <laughs> lymph train. Go ahead. <laughs> Uh, how about Mr. Mime? Everybody's favorite weirdo, Mr. Mime. Yeah. It makes enemies believe something exists that really doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the this is, I'm I'm gonna say this joke again. I said it earlier. I feel self-conscious about it. But when, when I read this and I was like, oh, like the value of a liberal arts degree. Bada bing! Oh, self-burn. Uh, yeah, self-burn. <laughs> what a stupid waste of money that was. Um uh, Cubone, which is the famous dark Pokemon, uh, wears the skull of its deceased mother. Its cries echo inside the skull and come out as a sad melody. Uh, so, so he's in a brass bowl made of his own family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, and then finally here, uh, Victory Bell, which lures prey with the sweet aroma of honey. Swallowed whole, the prey is melted in a day, bones and all. The bones, we didn't add the bones and all. No. Like, like that's, <laughs> that's in the that's thing. There. That's in the text. And the other thing that's scary about that is that's actually how pitcher plants work. <laughs> like that could just be from an encyclopedia, like a botanical guide. Um, so those, you know, uh, victory bells are real. Um, so yeah, so they've got that kind of, you know, I don't know how much of that is translation, how much of it is intentional, but it's amazing. <laughs> and it continues throughout the series. Like new Pokemon have these, re- these awesome like descriptions. They're like, Oh my God, like it's a ghost that just lures away children. What, what's going on? I, I need that guy on my team. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, as we mentioned, we talked about this a little bit, like this is a very solid kind of JRPG. You have that, a lot of those choices, diversity in your moveset, that's really fantastic. Um, you know, you have this sense that, uh, you know, in those old kind of Dragon Quest mold games where like you are getting better, like your progress is very easy to measure. Your Pokemon gets stronger in very measurable ways um, through evolution and new moves. And you will make progress in the world that matches that in a way that is like a satisfying loop. Um, again, in general, it is worse handled in Gen One than it is later. But yeah, they were very much getting their getting their feet under them. But we'll yeah. talk about the way that the uh, that is uh, uh, kind of grown alongside that. Um, it's also like a dopamine machine. Like when you see a new Pokemon, when you know uh, either it's out in the wild or a uh, a trainer throws something at you that you haven't seen before. There's that flush of novelty. Like oh gosh, like let's see how this thing fights. I want to get that. Um, and it's just kind of the thrill of pursuing that and kind of filling out the, uh, the Pokedex. Like mm-hmm. I'm not a collector. I don't, you know, I don't have that, don't have that mentality, but in this game, like I love the novelty that it presents you with. And so the, the fun thing about a new generation coming out, you get to see a bunch of new weirdos. <laughs> and then this is a big reason why I think, you know, Pokemon Go was so successful, or at least for me, you know, I played it for a few weeks and then I got sick of just seeing the same things and that's yeah. what made me quit. But for a little Wow. Excuse me. For a little while, it was very fun to be able to like walk around and be like, I've never, I haven't seen this thing, you know, before. And that was fun. Like, uh, you know, there's no uh, other real word for it. It's satisfying. Yeah. Um, so this is supposed to be a very, this is a very versatile experience. Um, it is designed to be a pretty easy single player game because it's designed for kids, but uh, a pretty competitive uh, multiplayer game. Yes. Um, because um. it is vibrant and deep. Uh, in a way that we don't have a lot of experience with. No. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we didn't, uh, we you know played through it. We know the Pokemon games. Uh, neither of us are competitive people in general. Right. We're soft Midwestern boys. <laughs> and the, uh, so we, you know, don't do that. But I, my understanding is that it is a thriving scene. Uh, every generation, there is a, a meta. It is a complicated uh, kind of thing where there's all these terminology, you know, sweepers and, and movers and all these things, different kinds of Pokemon you can have. It is a whole thing. Okay, so let's play roller derby term or Pokemon term. I, I, I know I, I know too many roller prepared. derby yeah, terms for that. Yeah. I could I could eliminate all of them. <laughs> yes, yeah. So, but um, yeah, so, so there's that. Uh, it, it, I feel like underqualified to even talk about some of this stuff that takes place in the in the competitive scene. Like there are stats and things that are not visible to the player that people have only been able to really ascertain by uh, kind of like looking at what's happening with the code as this goes along. This is uh, this is a game that especially in Gen 1 is held together with bailing wire and twine. I assume a ditto is used in there to uh, uh, gum up the works. Um, but uh, you have things like effort values, which is a really cool thing, actually, which is a, a way that they make sure that trained Pokemon will always be stronger than wild Pokemon of the same uh, level and mm-hmm. type and species. Yeah. Um, 
And this also, you know, this is something that will happen. You'll get a Pokemon and it will have these different values and it'll be different. So my Pikachu will not be the same as yours. Right. Uh, which makes, you know, training one of these things for competition kind of a nightmare where you just kind of keep going until you find one that's good enough, good enough to start. Mm -hmm. um, speed runs of the game also do similar things to that. Like if you're going for a world record speed run, you want a specific kind of high value Pokemon and it is random. Um, so that's a bummer. Uh, it, you know, again, for like single player experiences, yeah. it is. Uh, it, yeah, I imagine it being difficult. Mm -hmm. um, there's also a stab, which we uh, alluded to a little bit. Uh, same type attack bonus. If you are a fire Pokemon and you use a fire move, you'll do more damage. Um, that's a big problem with Gen One, where a lot of uh, Pokemon don't get stab moves or don't get them until way late, uh, yep. naturally. Yeah. Um, so Pokemon Yellow is. Uh, part of this thing that Nintendo was doing with the series for a while, where initially a pair of games would come out, Pokemon Red and Blue, Pokemon Gold and Silver, Emerald and Sapphire, on and on, and they would, uh, a short while later, release a third one, which was kind of like a synthesis of the two, like a, like a, like a small upgrade. Um, and so this is that upgrade to Red and Blue, uh, which came before this uh, here in America. Um, and this was kind of like a, like a building bridge or a, a building block toward keeping people tied it, tied it over until Pokemon Gold and Silver came out. Yes, and yeah. this uh, this came out uh, largely because of, or is influenced by the success of the anime. Yes. Um, so the anime was wildly successful. Everyone knows uh, knows about it. Um, this takes elements from that. So certain characters, uh, Team Rocket shows up. Um, the Pokemon actually will look different uh, to mm -hmm. match their anime forms. Uh, yes. Clean the weird thin yeah. <laughs> Pikachu, like the thin Mario, like... It's it's for a little while where everyone was really into like let's make the like the fat version of the character like let's get fat fat Chocobo and stuff like that but now we're moving into like the creepy thin versions <laughs> like that that's that's the the new millennium yeah um, so just like the anime uh, Pikachu rather than hanging out in a ball he is disobedient and downright just damn churlish <laughs> and he will uh, he follows you wrong rather than going into a Pokeball yes and yeah. so you have this little guy behind you uh, which makes so you have to press the button uh, twice if you want to walk over his square so you can change places it's yep. actually a little bit frustrating oh and, and it takes longer to get into the Poke, Poke Center get yep. healed and stuff like that like it's it's kind of frustrating. Yeah, um, uh, but if you talk to him, he makes a little digitized sound clip, and you see uh, how he likes you. And there's a weird surfing mini game that's like pretty hidden. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. I, I like it. It's like a, it's like Excite Bike. Almost. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, it's not bad. It's yeah. just a, it's just a weird little addition. Um, it's not weird that it's there. It's weird that there's not more. Yeah. Um, and this is based on the anime. And like real quick to camp out, uh, I think the Pokemon anime is really pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I watched this when I was when it came out. So again, I'm well past the sell by date on this. I'm a 36 year old man. I was watching this when I was in high school, so I was like 18. Yeah. Um, you know, 18, 19, uh, and uh, 18. I was in high school, 19. But I, I would like get up early or just after high school. I would wake up and uh, like watch it in the morning because it was unpredictable. Um, and it is it's goofy. Like it is trying to be funny and is funny. Yeah. Uh, succeeds. It's full of like ridiculous puns. It is full of these like world building details that, again, and as a post irony adult, like it is, uh, <laughs> you know, they're they're kind of perplexing in a fun way. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think it kind of stands up. Yeah. So. I would only ever get to watch this when I went over to my dad's house because some vagary. Yeah, Poke Dad. Yeah. Uh, because some vagary in the cable networks, uh, he got WGN and that was the only channel it was on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, like, that was one of the best things about going over there. Um, yeah, no, but uh, it, it is it is definitely good. And, like, watching anything that has come out later, like the movies, uh, for one of our bonus shows, we just did the Pokemon Origins, which is completely soulless. Like, Yeah, it, it's the worst. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and the movies are also real serious. They become like, it's just like the, the power of Mewtwo. Like they become these very like serious thing about these legendaries, as opposed to this goofy little story about going town to town and dealing with the squirrel squad reference earlier, which is like a bunch of squirrels and sunglasses that do crimes. And like, <laughs> they're like the best, like it is really, really funny. Like they love their delinquents. Um, and that's very funny. Like, I don't know that works for me in a big, bad way. Um, so there are some changes to the base game. They uh, they shift up the Pokemon that are available to you. Um, all of the starters are accept are accessible, uh, so you don't have to make that choice between you know Charmander, Bulbasaur, and Squirtle. Uh, you can just stumble upon them out in the world, which is which is always nice. Like yeah, those and are... there's special events. Like people will show up and be like, "We'll give you, you look like a nice guy. Here's a here's a Bulbasaur." Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, which okay. doesn't happen to me in real life. Right no, now. Like, like, I, it's, it's a fantasy fantasy game. But you got to start out with Pikachu. 
Yeah. Uh, so you can be that, which actually changes the game. Um, I was at a booth uh, here today, and I noticed uh, there was a guy who had a bunch of ROM hack versions of this. And a bunch of the ROM hacks just change who you start with. Mm-hmm. But because the uh, gym order is more or less prescribed in the beginning, it does really change the game. Um, there is like a Pokemon pink version, and you start with Jigglypuff. And like, wow, that would be really different. Like that would be harder in different parts and easier in different parts. And so there's this element of like build <laughs> to it. Like you can <laughs> go through this game with different builds. It is weirdly deeper than, than you think, and your starter matters. Uh, quite a bit in the original version with uh, Bulbasaur, Charmander, and Squirtle, you're essentially choosing a difficulty um, because Charmander is the hardest because of those type advantages. Bulbasaur is the easiest, and Squirtle's in the middle. Uh, yeah, uh, but uh, Brock is a wall for fully half of the ones you can, you can start with in Gen One. Yeah, you know, and he, uh, him as the first uh, the first gym leader. So our usual approach on these shows is to kind of go through the games beat by beat. Um, obviously, we don't have enough time for that. This is probably the uh, biggest differential between the length of the game and the length of the episode. Yeah. And we we just recorded a four-hour episode about Resident Evil 4. <laughs> yeah. Four hours. <laughs> like, four. Yeah, it, it's a half a day. <laughs> like... Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, so we usually we take our time, but we're gonna move a little quicker. And it makes sense because of this game. It's not just the amount of our time limit, but also the fact that uh, so much of this game is repetitive and bland. Yep. Uh, <laughs> like it is. Uh, you spend a lot of time just walking down the street, <laughs> fighting guys in shorts. <laughs> that's like honestly what you do, and it, it's there's little to talk about there once you actually talk about the generalities of the battle system. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we got to talk about this opening though, because Professor Oak. Um, who is should be uh, in jail? Yep, he's very. Uh, he seems well-meaning, but there's a there's a there's a sinister element. You just to think him. that he's it's like he's smiling. Like yeah. He looks like a nice guy, but he's got that kind of like uh, he, he's a he's a it's a he's, it's like Ted he's, Cruz or something. Like it's like it's just like it's like he's got a smile, but he's like I'm sure he's up to something. Like of all the people you could this guy. Yeah, there are. Did you say Ted Cruz too? Do they make a Ted Crew too? <laughs> like, I, I'll watch that of, movie. Of all of the people that you could say look like on, on, like on the up and up, like for at a glance, he's he looks like a candle, but he smiles <laughs> a melted candle. But he looks like he smiles all the time. Yeah. I mean, it's like yeah, yeah. a sprite of him might look, yeah. you know, okay. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Professor Oka, he's smiling, but there's no smile in his eyes. Yeah, exactly. Very, That's yeah. exactly what I was getting at. Yeah. Like he's. <laughs> <laughs> He's uh he's gonna send some boys out to the death. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. gonna he's gonna save you. Just hold, to... hold on a second. Yeah. Do you think the way that the kids Pokemon is to the kids, the player characters are to Professor Oak? Like he's just fighting these two kids, sending them out into the world, and he's battling, <laughs> he's battling Ash and Gary. So there's this meta level for adults and kids. Like yeah. if you zoom out. Yeah, like so. So all of those, like, wait, so so like the the shorts kids and the and the nerds and the engineers. Yeah, those are like, all adults Pokemons. Yeah, and in a weird way, like once you have a kid, it is like you have this little thing you can train and evolve. <laughs> like it evolves once at thirteen and gets uglier and like it totally makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we unlocked it, Cole. J- J- Jimmy learned drive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. he learned to vote. Yeah, vote is an HM that you have to get. Or like. Uh, <laughs> Like yeah, we figured it out. <laughs> we certainly, Gary. Yeah. You just described the uh, you described the plot to Rat Race, <laughs> where the rich people <laughs> fight humans like Pokemon. God, I forget how old you are sometimes. That, like something like Rat Race would have any kind of influence at all. Like you're gonna pull out the eight heads in a duffel bag. Like very bad things reference after this. For this <laughs> um, but yeah, anywho, so Oak is a monster, yeah. and uh, he's not in your pocket. And he sends out some boys. He's like. <laughs> Go, go do it. The amazing thing about it is you start out and you're like, hey, Professor Oak wants you. You go get into the grass. A Pikachu shows up. Professor Oak stops you. And he's like, you can't go there. Like, that Pikachu would have killed you. Like, there's no, like, you can't go through grass in this world without having, like, a thing. It's really, yeah. you know, it's still would have attacked. But, like, you can't see it because of the low, low resolution, but there are all kinds of, like, just uh, baked husks of people out there yeah. in the grass. Yeah. It's, like, completely electric. It's like a Bloodborne level. Yeah. See, I said we'd, we'd put it <laughs> yeah, in the yeah, but There we yeah. go. Yeah, there we go. Uh, Bingo. Prerequisite. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, um, so it's, it's you, um, canonically, Ash. Um, or uh, Red is your mm-hmm. character's name in Red and Blue, uh, versus Gary, uh, who is the worst. Um, and so he, uh, this the Gary is Professor Oak's uh, grandson, and he greedily snaps up the Eevee, which leaves you with this disrespectful, just just monster of a Pikachu. Yeah, he's yeah. he's a bad boy. 
Um, yeah. So you kind of move through these gems. Uh, early gems, uh, Brock is the rock type. Uh, Misty in the water gem. Um, it's kind of weird to kind of zigzag this in yellow because of type yeah. stuff. You know, when you... Uh, Misty is no problem because you have this Pikachu. Brock can be pretty tough. A lot of his Pokemon are immune to you. Yeah. Um, and immune to a lot of the things that you can get. Like we said, that problem. Normal style attacks, uh, your best bet if you're rolling up is to, like, train up a bug. Yeah. Like, that, like that is your only out. Which is not your out for any other thing because right. bug types are really underpowered. So it's weird. It plays really different than yeah. uh, the red and blue. Yeah. And then you go over to Misty, and that is an easy fight. Yeah. You know, especially with Pikachu. Like, water types... Nothing. Yeah. When I was when I was really young, uh, like I internalized the the idea of weakness. Like I would see. <laughs> Period. <laughs> yeah. New subject. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But like if you're watching like Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles, and like oh the, the the robots would go crazy when water was splashed on them, and like because I, I was I was a weak young man, uh, still am in a lot of ways, and had allergies. I, I saw that as like oh like robots are allergic to water. Oh yeah. So like that's how I that's to this day that is still how I think about type. Because allergies. because you were allergic, did you think of yourself as weak to like grass type? Oh uh, yeah. Because you had allergies? Yeah, I was weak to outdoors. I was weak He's to weak sun. to grass type, guys. Yeah. Get him. <laughs> Get him. <laughs> <laughs> we're at booth one thirty six. Um the uh, yeah, so uh, you go to Mount Moon. His first dungeon. We'll talk about dungeons a little bit in general. Uh, they suck in Ooh, Gen One. Boy, they're so like so. They're difficult to navigate. They do the cardinal sins of JRPG dungeons, which are like dead ends. There should never be a dead end in a JRPG dungeon that drives me up the wall. Like, you put a treasure there or a monster or something, but don't just make me waste my time going to the end of a hallway and walking back. Yeah. I hate it. The encounter rate is incredibly high. Um, yes. And, and the variety like, of Pokemon you can get is very low. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, I hope you like Zubats. Yeah. Um, Which you don't, because nobody yeah. does. Yeah, um, like the like the like the cave dungeons in Gen One. It's like trail mix that is mostly raisins. Like yeah, it, it's it's garbage. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like, it is. So they um and later games they they do better. You know, as far as general dungeon design, they'll put things at the end of pathways. They make them quicker. Just in general, um, they do a lot to try to make these better. One of the things about running into that Zubat problem, though, that's interesting and in going back to Gen 1, is that it's a very popular opinion that um, once Pokemon got to modern levels, there's just too many Pokemon. But I find that the games are better the more there are. Uh, because you run into a variety of things. You know, just like running into the same thing over and over and over is kind of boring. Yeah. So, the, you know, double it, triple it. Give me <laughs> 6,000 Pokemon. And, you know, it, it can just be uh, like anything you find on the table. Yeah. Like, you know. They can all be cleft key level as long as there's something different because I'm going to be running into them over and over and over. Yeah. You know? Yep. And I can have my own personal pantheon. You know? Yeah. Like, let me let me build up my own list. I don't need to hold personal all that. Personal pantheon in my head. pizza. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like, I you know, we 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 had the poker app. That was what three minutes. We don't need to have like the epic like rush oh, version of poker app. <laughs> like, who, who's weed? You got a mouse in your pocket? I think I need that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Um, but uh, but any of the caves and like later on they add uh, like boulder pushing puzzles um, where you have to. Uh, uh, move these things out of the way. It's almost like a little, uh, not Sudoku. What's the uh, crazy? Uh, uh, Sokoban, yeah, there Sokoban, we go. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, uh, so you get a little bit of those, like, and that's just a bummer because you have to activate those in the menu. Like, so many just quality of life considerations that are, you know, you just you sorely, sorely miss going yeah. back to it. And just the dungeons, aren't they never get better here. Yep. Um, you end up going, you take a little boat trip on the SS Annie um, or Anne which is uh, essentially full of just sailors and gentlemen. <laughs> so I feel like that might be a YMCA kind of thing. Um, but you do this to get to the captain who gives you cut, yeah. uh, which is the first HM that you're going to get and is uh, lets you cut through regenerating nightmare trees that come back <laughs> um, all the time. But it is, again, just essentially a dungeon, too, like just without wild Pokemon to run into. Yeah, so. like it'll just like burst into somebody's cabin and they will rightfully say, yeah. hey, what are you doing here? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Castle Doctrine in full effect. Crustal <laughs> um, Doctrine? That's what? the name of that crab Pokemon, right? Oh. Crustle? Okay. Crusty? Crustle? There's like there's a there's a hermit Riff uh, yeah. knows what I'm talking <laughs> Back me up here, Riff. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, when we, you'll, you'll, you'll we'll check the tape and I assure you that was a good joke <laughs> if, if, if you research it on Bulbapedia I assure you that was good and you'll laugh in retrospect when we get to our per yeah. <laughs> when we get to our personal stories uh, you'll understand why I didn't get that joke oh, okay. um, but um, uh, Celadon City kind of sits at the middle of, uh, of, of Kanto here and it's kind of the, uh, the, the metropolis uh, yeah. with all four of its buildings um, and this has uh, two things going for it it has like the shopping center where uh, you can buy all kinds of stuff. Like it's a, it is it is a destination 
Another thing they did in later generations that made it better is they give you more money. Uh, money is so tight in Gen 1. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, you have to grind for money a lot yeah. to do anything. And it's basically a finite resource, too. Like, you get it yeah. from... Uh, from trainers and yeah. there are only so many of those that'll pop let's um so this is where we are introduced to team rocket uh, let's talk about these guys uh these are colorful colorful people with red uh they're essentially the mob but they dress uh in like jumpsuits yeah it's it's, it's really weird it's like uh it's like su- super villain mob yeah almost. super yeah. super villain mob like uh, giovanni is explicitly a mob boss yeah however there's also jesse and james <laughs> who are yeah. like like a vegas like a like a siegfried and roy kind of thing but with Arbox. <laughs> yeah. like it, it is uh yeah, yep. it's and that's really all there is to it. And every generation comes up with a new villain, and they are better or worse. I think the best one they did was in um, Black and White, where it was somebody who was saying like, "Hey, these things are sentient. Let's not use them this way." Yep. And I was like, <laughs> "I've been saying that for years. Like that is." I saw Mr. Mind write a fucking song. <laughs> like it is, you can't make this a like they are sentient. Uh, um, but um, wasn't there one like Team Galactic that was trying to like destroy the universe or something? Like that's that? true. Like, yeah. Really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just all kinds. So I just like each of them has their own like oh, like their own region. I want like a warrior style like mashup oh, against man. all of them. Like yeah, like the Anchorman battle. Yeah, like, yeah. Anchorman fight. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's yeah. talk about Lavender Town too because this is great. Oh yeah. Uh, well, no. Uh, in Celadon, there's oh. the the game center. Oh and, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's very well, explicit. They are like laundering Pokemon that they like are capturing <laughs> through this game center. Like they're using them as prizes. Yeah, imagine that again. Like you, you are sentient, and this is your prize at like a Chuck E. Cheese. Yep. Seven, seven, seven. Here's a puppy. Yeah, yeah. Here, here, here's a here's a, a small boy. Like, like this. Um, this thing knows how to use a spoon. Like, um, it very much wants to get away from you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Lavender Town. Lavender Town's great. Yeah, this um, is this is pretty pretty awesome and dark. Yeah. So Lavender Town is where the Pokemon Tower is, and uh, this is where people kind of lay their Pokemon to rest and go to like pray to their spirits and stuff. It's kind of a cute thing for like kids to have this in a game because it's kind of as a parable of, like dead pets. Like I imagine there are kids who like literally learned about death from this, like understood that like, oh, you keep running to people are like, I'm mourning this guy. He'll still be with me. I need to remember him, but he's gone now. You know, it's the same yeah. language that people use for dead pets. Yeah. And uh, so. But also it could probably instill uh, a fear in them because this tower is also full of possessed nuns, it appears, <laughs> yep. um, who like run up to you going. <laughs> yeah. And it's haunted like, by a Marowak. Yeah. So that's uh, which is Cubone's mom. And like, that's a weird little bit of like lore. <laughs> connection in this it's like oh you get a cubone and you're like his mom's dead and then you run into the ghost of his mom later like yeah. it's a real Chekhov skull kind of thing like yeah. um, and so if there's something that's like a, a little bit disappointing it's the lack of ghost type pokemon in gen one oh yeah like it is just the one evolutionary line there's the their real specialty niche and i can understand because it's a real powerful type but like when you walk through this area the first time like a ghost just presents as like this uh kind of goofy looking gas monster um, and then you have to go get like a like a scope, like night vision goggles, to identify the ghosts, and they're just a different type of goofy looking gas monster. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, mm-hmm. that like that is a bit of a bummer. Like I want I want basically a Pokemon Undead version. Yeah, which yeah. which comes later. There are tons of awesome ghost types. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, that ghost sword. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Aegis Slash is great. Um, <laughs> you have to deal with Snorlax, um, which I only have in the notes. It's such a minor thing. You get this Poke Flute to wake up a Snorlax, but I love that this is just a hazard in the road. Like. We just can't go to this town because there's like this guy has decided to take a nap here, and like that's just it. And there's like it's very again it's very funny and it's trying to be there's like construction or there's people like kind of wandering around explaining it like yeah sorry the bridge got Snorlax like <laughs> you know Moose should have told you like it, it is just uh, it's really it's it's very great and then you get the best Pokemon of all time <laughs> later in generations he comes with leftovers that's a Tauros right like that has to be another sentient being because he I'm sure he eats meat he's a bear thing. <laughs> that has to be just another friend. Well, in his entry in the uh, in the Pokemon Yellow Pokedex, it talks about how he doesn't care if food goes bad. Like, yeah. He's just out there eating moldy, <laughs> like just yeah. moldy Tauruses. He's a bottom feeder, and that's why I love him. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Really strong when you fight him, too. Like, they're level yeah. 30. Like, the, the, that is a meat. So it is a figurative and literal meat wall. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, um, you can go to. What's that? We're going to pick up the pace a little bit. Okay, yep. Yeah. Um, yep, yeah. so uh, Silphco, that's uh, one of the places where you can go. Team Rocket is getting in with some corporate craft. Mm-hmm. Um, Safari Zone. Yeah, this um, is uh, kind of weird. It is like a mini game where you the normal rules of catching Pokemon no longer apply. Um, you just throw balls, and you can either uh, give the Pokemon, you can throw uh, bait, 
I think, which makes them harder to catch but less likely to run, or a rock, which makes them more likely to run but easier to catch. Yeah. And uh, um, usually you actually just want to keep tapping A and you'll eventually just luck out. Like, yeah. yeah. I like throwing rocks at eggs. Um, yeah. That is good. <laughs> um, Cinnabar Island is where they're doing a lot of research into this mythical uh, Pokemon named Mew. Yes, yeah, <laughs> who, will, who will come up later. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you, you find, uh, this is in the Pokemon Mansion. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah. and this, uh, again, this is like, again, we're passing a lot of stuff, but this is giving you keys or making trainers trigger to go back to their gym so you can advance yeah. in the game. Um, eventually, after you uh, you fight Blaine, uh, who is the dragon master there, um, you go to, is that true? I think it's uh, Blaine. Fire, fire type. Oh, fire type, thank you. Yeah, um, yeah uh, you go to Victory Road uh, to the Indigo Plateau, which is only available after you get all eight badges and you fight the uh, the elite four. Yes. Um, which do a little bit to kind of like spice things up. Like they're kind of weird types. Um, Lorelei is a water and ice trainer. We haven't run into lots of ice type no, Pokemon. No, no. Like, like ice types are really rare. Like you're usually facing up against ice uh, moves. More yes. Than anything. Yeah. Um, you, have, uh, you have Bruno, who's a fighting type. We wouldn't get a fighting type gym until Gen 2, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Agatha does ghost and poison type. Which mm-hmm. those are hard to guard. Those against. are hard to hit. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Lance, uh, this real uh, weirdo looking guy, uh, does dragon type stuff. And yeah. uh, again, just like these real weirdo, like there's only one line in Gen One of monsters that uh, that fills that, and knowing how to counter that is is really difficult. Yeah. Um, and then eventually you fight Gary, who, despite <laughs> the fact that you wipe the floor with him every single time you run into him, is somehow ahead of you, and has <laughs> done this already. Um, then Oak shows up and chides you uh, both <laughs> and chides his son specifically. And it was like this other, this grandson I wish I had is way better at this and also learned all the lessons I wanted you to learn. Um, <laughs> tell your mother I'm disappointed in you. Like it just, it is, you know, it's the worst abuse of grandpa. Um, yeah. And then there are kind of these cursed or secret kind of hidden side dungeons where you can get legendary Pokemon. Um, yes. The three birds, um, which are, this is a series tradition. Um, they'd have one or two different kind of legendary uh, things here, or three, I think, in the yeah. Gen 2. Um, Arctoguno, uh, Zapdos, and Moltres. And then eventually you can also find Mewtwo, these super science, like, Pokemon. Yeah. Like, there are parts of the anime and parts of this game that feel like they're written by Mewtwo. Yeah. Like, it's, it's <laughs> written by Mewtwo's publicists. Like, it is uh, very much, uh, like, whenever Mewtwo's not on the screen, everyone should be saying, hey, where's Mewtwo? Yeah. <laughs> like, there's an element of that. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so Mew, uh, who is the 151st Pokemon, can only either be gotten through a glitch or uh, from like specific events. Yes. Um, so everybody, let's go back to 1999. Yeah. Um, we have a door back here that'll take you there. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> hopefully, you speak the language because you can go to this like. Um, so yeah. So that's how you get Mew. They're really powerful. Mew and Mewtwo are very powerful because uh, it's not very balanced. Because the the secret is as much as this formed a foundation for games I very much like. It's very hard to call Gen 1 Pokemon a good game. Right. Uh, I don't think there's very much reason to play it other than nostalgia. Yeah. Um, it kind of like, bums me out. Like, And it's it's a series that has gotten better with every iteration. Like, they've just made improvements, I think. And, like, sometimes the Pokemon get goofier. Like, I was mad about the ice cream cone that evolves into two ice cream cones. <laughs> but, like, I, I do think that it has just gotten so much easier to play. And that's huge. Yeah. Like, ease of use is, is a really huge consideration for this mm. type of game. Yeah. And even like going to Gen 2, they added uh, some minor stuff that yeah. would end up making a big difference for yeah. you. And like yeah. just the complications that make this kind of simple game more, you know, more tolerable. So like day and night, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think we kind of covered uh, kind of personal memories and stuff. Who is your uh, favorite Pokemon, Cole? Um, my favorite Pokemon is Zapdos, actually. Oh. Um, I just, there's something about this crazy Thunderbird that takes up in an, uh, in an abandoned power plant who's made of triangles. Um, just has always been. He's a Dorito um, monster. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I don't yeah. like Doritos, but yeah. like. Cool just, Ranch Zapdos. There's, there's, there's something about his shape that is really appealing to me. It's because um, he, uh, he looks like a, like a glyph or something, not like a creature. Yeah. Like he looks like a design. Like it's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah he's uh, he looks really cool in the, like the the uh, 3D games, like the stadium or whatever. Yeah. Like like when he moves, I don't know. Like uh, really dumb reasons, just say I, I like that Thunderbird. He kind of looks like VR in the new Deus Ex. Oh yeah, like kind of like as this like all triangles, like all Zapdos <laughs> yeah. all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also like Oddish a lot. He's, um, he's a cutie. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame what happens to Oddish. <laughs> that middle generation where he's constantly drooling poison on you, like. Yeah. Um, but also in his description, that was one that I almost left out. He's a he's a Mandragora. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, so if you if you accidentally if you're pulling weeds and you pull up an oddish, he screams and won't stop screaming. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many Pokemon that we would have hunted to extinction. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, no. Like, so this hit me at the right time. Like, I'm I'm 20. I'm seven seven years younger than Gary. Um, but uh, like, right in the pocket, it came out when I was like 11, 12. And it was such a huge deal. But, like, I fell off right after Gen 2. Like, the last one I really played was uh, was Silver. Um, but I'm excited to get back into Moon. Like, it's crazy that this is still around and, like, yeah. getting better. And, and Sun and, I'm really excited for Sun and Moon because it's leaning into this ridiculousness. Like, the fact that, like, the special Doug Driogis are wearing wigs. Like, I feel like there's an element of the series taking itself seriously that is gone now. And yeah. now it is just whatever is goofy and funny. And I, I'm kind of into it, leaning full bore into that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I stick with it. I've played every generation except for Ruby and Sapphire. So I, I like these games. It's, it's a plane game for me. Like, if I'm going to fly back home, like, I think this passes the time on a plane really well. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I like Pokemon. Yeah. The, um, yeah, I think we're just about, uh, we're just about out of time. Um, so thank you guys uh, very much for coming. Um, the, uh, if you guys are not familiar with the network, this is a, a small sample of what we do. This is a kind of the abbreviated version, but if you go to uh, duckfeed.tv, we have a bunch of different shows, um, different shows on different things. Um, you can uh, find something that hopefully you like yeah. and, uh, yeah, we'd love it if you checked it out. Yeah. Um, we are, uh, at booth number 162, um, and we're set up, we're playing Pokemon yellow, mm-hmm. uh, trying to catch as many as we can, which ends up not being a lot, yep. but we would love if you <laughs> we're could... like a good, a solid 35 near the end of the day and day two. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but if you want Personal to come over, is a kind of success. Yeah. Come over, uh, say hey, uh, grab uh, buttons, stickers, things like that. We'd love to uh, talk with you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think it's about what we got. So thanks, guys. Thank you. We really do appreciate it. Considering scrapping our planned programming to do a public service announcement about how to use a bathroom at a convention, yeah. I know none of you guys were responsible for any of this, but... Uh, uh, we, we have concerns. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's going to be a tasteful puppet show. Yeah. <laughs> only, minim, only minimal puppet nudity. Yeah, um, it is. Uh, but boy, it's... It, <laughs> Real talk, it's pretty rough out there, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm not trying to... Not to interrupt this joke. Let's get back to the subject. It's pretty rough out there as far as bathrooms go. Like, this is one of the worst ones that I, I, I feel like. And it's always in conventions. It's always pretty gross, but man. Is it? Listen. <laughs> you guys each get one. The, uh, I get that, like, there's all kinds of systemic and societal imbalance and that it is very hard to be a woman. Whenever there is something that's, like, you guys hit a home run with, it makes my heart... <laughs> like sometimes you guys have couches in there like it is and it's it doesn't it doesn't even out I'm not I'm never suggesting that but it is like I'm so happy that you guys at least have this because yeah, yeah, yeah there's there's some creepy crawlers on yeah. the desk I'm not sure why I'm sorry you mispronounced that oh, thank you <laughs> okay. okay yeah oh cool Great. Yeah, get some get some bonus minutes on yeah. the sly. We're recording, so this can go after yeah. the... Uh, yeah. yeah, watch out for fireballs after dark. <laughs> These minutes watch, no one gets. Watch out, kids. Bathroom it a, talk it from gets two a boys. little blue. Yeah. From two boys. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you want to hear two men talk about convention bathrooms? This is, <laughs> this is your source. <laughs> For Stinky and the Toilet Boy in the morning. Yep. Uh, <laughs> one moment. I'm going to get the backup recorder. Oh, so fantastic. Set it here. Yeah. So, uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's pretty much my type five on bathrooms.